This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. It seems that the front line for hate these days is not on the streets as much as it is on my laptop or mobile device. Social media has become an extraordinary way for us to connect, to share, and to learn, but it has also given extremists and haters a way to find one another and to spread their racism, misinformation, and hate. ADL has been at the forefront of pressing social media companies to not allow such hate on their sites. These technology companies have come a long way in the past year thanks to pressure from ADL and the Stop Hate for Profit Coalition that we created with the NAACP, the National Hispanic Media Coalition, and others. But they need to come so much further. One major step would be to reform Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Here to explain that act and how it should be reformed is my colleague, Lauren Kraft. She's ADL's National Policy Council. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, Scott. It's great to be here. Thanks. So what is Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act? So Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which was passed in 1996, is a law that provides immunity to online platforms for liability uh, for third-party content or user-generated content. So essentially, what's posted online by a third party, by a user, um, would, would be, you know, they would be liable, but the platform itself that hosted the content wouldn't be considered a publisher or a speaker of that content. So that differs from other forms of media like television or print media, which which would bear responsibility. That's exactly right. This is a pretty unique law. Actually, it's sometimes called the 26 words that change the Internet because it provides this very, very broad immunity. And you said it was written when? It was written in 1996. And as you know, Scott, the Internet looks very different now than it did back then. Essentially... There were two competing cases that put Internet platforms in, in a tough position, whether to take down content that they didn't agree with or found objectionable or illegal or to keep it up. Um, and so in light of that, this broad immunity was passed by Congress and allowed platforms to really have a lot more freedom in deciding what they want to host and what they don't. And never changed since then. It hasn't changed with the exception of one amendment that was passed um, in 2017-18, the SESTA-FOSTA exception to uh, Section 230. And that is specifically a carve-out for content related to sex trafficking. There's been a lot of controversy as to whether this carve-out, so essentially um, creating a liability for platforms when they host that type of content, uh, whether that's actually helped or hasn't helped. Um, in that area. Essentially, the, the way it was written back in 1996. Now tell us, uh, in, in your estimation, in ADL's estimation, what's wrong with it? Will do. And, and you're exactly right. Essentially unchanged since 96, with one exception. Um, what's wrong with it? As I mentioned earlier, the world looks very different and the Internet looks very different from 1996 to 2021. Platforms have incredibly outsized power. Uh, the Internet is very dynamic. We use it for all sorts of purposes, very different than in 96. And really, social media itself has had the power to alter elections and to inspire insurrections. So in light of the amount of uh, sophistication that these platforms use to keep folks on their platforms, 
in light of the results that we've seen related to influence and injury and violence spurred up from social media specifically, um, we think that this broad immunity is too broad at this point. That's understood. But what about free speech concerns? Free speech concerns are incredibly important. I'll mention Section 230 is immunity from liability. So even if Section 230 was completely eliminated, that wouldn't eliminate the First Amendment. So all of those protections, what would be, um, you know, what would be allowed online would still have to adhere to the First Amendment. It's really the liability of the platform and whether they can have this broad shield right away so they don't have to fight frivolous lawsuits. But it's really important to understand the influence that Section 230 has on free speech and free speech online because it really does protect a lot of speech where maybe platforms would overcorrect for fear that they might be sued and they might take down more controversial but certainly not illegal or harmful or problematic content. So that's why you know ADL believes that Section 230 should not be eliminated. There can be smart amendments or reforms, but it's really important to consider speech rights, to consider the size and use of a, of a platform or Internet service. Um, instead of just having a broad elimination, just like this broad immunity was enacted. All right, so practically speaking, what what are the reforms that you would recommend? So there's a lot of exploration going on, um, but certainly reforms when platforms' products encourage civil rights abuses or foster terrorism. We're really um, clear that the algorithmic amplification of this type of content is, is a huge part of like I said, civil rights abuses, terroristic content proliferating across the Internet. There's a lot of illegal content. So something's illegal, not protected by the First Amendment, not protected in any other manner. That's when, you know, there should be different levels of um, protection or not from the platform. But if a platform is, is fully aware and fostering certain types of illegal content, then it would be argued that they shouldn't have this broad immunity. So, so, essentially, so actual Ill- illegal speech, uh, there, there's still freedom from liability under this act at the moment? So, so can you say that again? Sorry. So, so, so actual speech that would be considered illegal because somehow it incites violence or something, that's still considered uh, okay under this act? That there's, there's immunity from liability? It's a great question. The answer is yes. For the platform itself, for the host. Right, obviously not for the the individual. Right, right, right. That's exactly right. But uh, uh, there's now, this is really specific related to um, civil liability. If for some reason someone was able to prove that very, very high standard, that a platform that was hosting content um, had the requisite level for criminal liability, federal criminal liability specifically, then they might be held accountable. It's incredibly rare, very hard to prove. But yeah, essentially illegal content can be posted on platforms with platforms full awareness um, and they would be immune from any liability. Which gives them very little incentive to control that content. And especially, yes, and, and also that is, you know, that content that's fully unprotected by the First Amendment, but also content that uh, butts up is content that performs really well on these platforms. So platforms are incentivized to you know, keep people on the platforms longer, serve them up interesting and, um, you know, often controversial content, even if it's illegal. You were explaining some of the other reforms you would recommend. Well, there's, you know, there's certainly issues regarding civil rights protections on platforms. So 
if there's discrimination or if there are hate crimes, because we know that protected speech is not the only type of content that exists on the platform. Unprotected speech does, like you mentioned, incitement to imminent violence, but there's also conduct, like someone engaging in criminal doxing or criminal swatting, um, which are, you know, posting someone's information online with an intent that it's used for an unlawful purpose or cyber stalking, non-consensual distribution of intimate imagery that's also known as revenge porn. So not only is there speech that's protected or speech that's unprotected, but a lot of conduct as well. So we want to make sure that individuals are not unlawfully discriminated, they're not subject to hate crimes, and that platforms themselves aren't playing this deep uh, role in foster in hosting civil rights abuses and terrorism and other types of content. Now, I know there's already legislation out there, the so-called Safe Tech Act, introduced by Senator Amy Klobuchar, among others. What Would this do the trick? So we've seen a lot of legislation. The Safe Tech Act, um, we, we were encouraged by the Protecting Americans from Dangerous Algorithms Act that was introduced by Representatives Malinowski and Eshoo. Um, there are other, other acts as well that we've been looking at. Um, that, you know, consider notice and, and requiring platforms to take down certain content like the PACT Act. We are encouraged by a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, these bills and think that the conversation needs to, though, be really critical on what are the potential drawbacks. Um, so while we think that there's a lot of good conversation around what we should be protecting, we also want to make sure that there's not a disparate impact on certain communities, on, you know, marginalized communities if these laws are enacted, um, that they're enacted specifically um, in, a, in, a, in a manner that really gets at what they're trying to get at. There's not unintended consequences. How can people find out more about ADL's work to reform social media? ADL recently put out our repair plan, and that is our belief, our, our priorities to decrease hate and extremism online. We think that there are six priorities that are absolutely necessary from regulation and reform to enforcement of policies at scale. There's a lot of components because this really isn't just a single fix issue. It's not Section 230 only. It's transparency, competition, privacy. And so they can learn more by going to ADL.org and searching for the repair plan um, and looking at a lot of our great research and policy proposals. Lauren, thank you for all the very important work uh, that you're doing in trying to reform and regulate social media and also for being on today's show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Scott. Uh, thanks also to Asher Zemel, who is interning with ADL this summer and helped prepare me for today's show. Uh, and, of course, a big thank you to the listeners uh, who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Uh, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss, miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines.